welcome back to another episode of our conversations. This is the Penelope's Loom podcast, where we discuss how we can preserve and cultivate the Christian life at home. We hope you enjoy our discussions as much as we do. Join the conversation by checking out our website at penelopesloom.org and finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We always want to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation. Hey there, Shannon. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. We have a huge topic today to get started on. Definitely not. uh, This is going to take us a few episodes. Um, I think we'll come back to it in the future. It's, it's, it's one of our big topics on the website. Um, So classical education. Now today um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, our own personal educational philosophies. We're going to start there, but before we dive in to our giant topic, oh man, is there anything else we need to talk about first, Shannon, before I just dive off the deep end? Well, I mean, I have a few things that I'd love to just like small, small talk with you that may or may not be related to to classical education I wasn't sure if they were so yeah go ahead one of them is definitely not do you keep getting these invitations to Hillsdale's new blue and white weekend yes I do oh my gosh have you read them I just want to go so bad it seems beautiful have you have you read through them and like what all they offer no I have not (laughs) Okay. So it's like several weeks after graduation. It's the end of May. It's really close to my birthday actually. Um, and they're like, Hey, young families pay $50 for both of your adults, kids under a certain age, completely free, come stay in the dorm rooms and just hang out for a weekend take classes with your favorite professors again, like to go to these talks. And it's like, Oh my gosh, how do they know? <laughs> I want to do this so badly. And it's so oh. to me if it were for the fact that it's May and there's just no way that we can make it. Um, like no matter what's going on in our life at that point, I know it's going to be crazy. Um, and it just, it makes my heart just cry for wanting to be back in Hillsville and it'd be so beautiful and it, you would yes. be and oh gosh that <laughs> so. does sound that does sound really nice what you need to do is just come visit me we'll go up to Hillsdale we'll find our favorite profs and we'll just we'll do a little one-on-one teach us something that you've been teaching lately session and I'm sure they're happy to uh just interrupt their whole day for us it's no problem Definitely. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we can presume upon their time that way. Um, it I, definitely made me think like, okay, maybe next year. And it'd be so yeah. great if there could be like a number of friends that we could convince to. That, that would be so much fun. Uh, yeah. I've definitely gotten those emails. I, I haven't looked at them that closely, so I'm glad you're telling me about it. Um, we probably have a, at least a few other Hillsdale folks who listen. So um, we should just get a, yeah, we should get a Penelope's Loom Hillsdale group to go to one of these blue and white weekends. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Someday, someday, someday. Um, all right. Yeah, so, that, 
you're reminiscing on Hillsdale definitely had me thinking about our topic for the day. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's so foundational to our own understanding. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so <clears throat> we're both teachers. We're both um, like from classical, you know, we both have taught at classical schools. Um, we've definitely kind of picked that, that route, um, which says something about our educational philosophies. Um, so uh, that's why, you know, we have a section on the website called classical education. It's something we're both very interested in. Um, we have a quote there. So our commonplace quotes are kind of going to come in as we go along through our conversation, but let's start with this one from Plato. It's from his book, um, Laws. And um, I used it in my recent piece on um, education. What's love got to do with it? Okay, when you read that title, do you just start singing? Because I do. Andrew did. And did he? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I hoped that people would. Okay. What's so love got to do with it? Okay. Yeah, he's like, I can't read this without singing Tina Turner. I was like, what? Yes. I completely didn't get the joke. That's because what I wanted. I don't think I know that song. <laughs> it's okay. It's not it's that. It's not that great of a song. So typical. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so I so I use this quote there, and and obviously it's it's kind of our um, our touchstone uh, quote from that section. So the correct formation of our feelings of pleasure and pain, which makes us hate what we ought to hate from first to last, and love what we ought to love. Call this education. And I, at any rate, think you would be giving it its proper name. Mm. The correct formation of our feelings of pleasure and pain. Okay, this quote supposes a lot of things. One, that there is a correct formation and therefore an incorrect formation of our feelings of pleasure and pain. Um, that there are things that which we should hate and that there are things that we should love. Um, and it also supposes that we can be taught what to hate and what to love, um, that our feelings can be formed, um, which I think not everyone today agrees with, or maybe completely understands like what that means or what that entails. I don't it's, completely understand what it means. So it's so interesting to me that he uses the word feelings here. Yeah. Right. Instead, right. like not thoughts, not ideas, not this like rational intellectual language, feelings yes right that and I feel like feel like <laughs> um it seems to me that just that word tell the the choice of that word and I would have to look up the Greek and and know what Plato intentionally was was choosing um but in the English translation that word betrays a lot right it tells you that this is not just about some intellectual mindset or philosophy that you're assuming like feelings are something that you don't have full control over it's right. something that's so embedded in you in the way that you operate um and view the world and understand it and react to it that you don't have full control over what is manifesting itself in, in reaction to any given circumstance. And therefore, when you like something, when you hate something, when you love something, 
that's coming from this gut that's been formed um, instead of just a brain that's been formed. That That's extraordinary to me um, that, that Plato is making that commentary. And I think um, in many ways, it, it both heightens the the claims of classical education and simplifies it where it's like mm-hmm. you don't have to have all of this stuff memorized you don't have to have all of the great works on your shelf and be able to quote them ad nauseum you have to just be formed in like oh that's good that's not good yes and oh. that's so that's so much simpler right yes then- that <laughs> Well, but that, that's a great point because um, I think here at the beginning, introducing this topic, I think a lot of people feel intimidated when they hear classical education and when they um, hear these great quotes and, you know, we mention these um, great thinkers of the past and it's intimidating. It's like, oh, that's a big topic. Uh, that's very intellectual. I don't know anything about that. Um, but and, and like, I've talked to great teachers, you know, who've, who've taught for 30, 40 years and um, they'll respond with a very humble attitude towards me of, well, I don't know what classical education is. I, I know what I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I want to say, I, I often do say like, no, you have a better sense of what this is than you think you do. Um, and yeah. that's, that's because it isn't simply intellectual it is very intellectual, but it's not simply that. It's not simply, have you read these books and can you regurgitate what they say? Um, but there, yeah, there's a shaping of, of souls that's going on here. Um, and uh, it, there, there is no hard and fast narrative. Like everyone before this point who was uh, in school or who was learning to be a teacher or who was teaching, um, everyone before such a point in time um, they were corrupted by the educational system and they can't understand what classical education is. Um, no, that's not true. Um, there are, there are great examples of good education all throughout, um, history and, and certainly throughout recent American history. Um, so it's not something that is exclusive. It's not something that only a few people, um, can understand. It's not so esoteric. Um, this, there's more to it than just the intellectual side, because it does involve the complete shaping of our souls. And like Plato points out here, the the proper formation of our feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great thing to point out. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, I th- I really do think it's extraordinary and in many ways certainly gives me a lot of hope in my own endeavors to just yeah. remain a, a good critical thinker of the world, um, despite not having tons of time to sit down and, you know, read Plato. Um, and I think that's, that's just a really important thing to keep in mind is like, this is not uh, this is not something for a select few. This is, this is a formation of the soul that everyone is capable of and ought to strive for and put, put themselves in the right relationships, in the right circumstances to try to cultivate that, that understanding uh, that we're talking about. And it doesn't have to be achieved first thing in life 
it, you know, it can be achieved later in life easier right. when that's all, you know, I think. Well, and that's another, that's another foundational principle of this, um, is education, uh, proper education is lifelong and there, there is, you never get to a point where you say, okay, now I'm educated. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you go to Hill, to Hillsdale and you go up in Del Paul and you meet some of those great professors, there even they are going to say, "I'm still learning." You know, um, yeah. they're not done yet. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the other thing to remember is, um, and and that's actually one of those things that that I do think a lot of people, you know, they, uh, well, they're done with school. <laughs> they want to be done with school, and it's kind of like a closed book now. Um, and they're, yeah, (laughs) yeah, thanks. Um, and they're, they're done learning, but, but that's the other thing. And and we don't even realize it. Like we will continue learning whether we like it or not, um, because we continue having relationships and and we learn from relationships. Now there can be more intentional learning and I'm going to argue that there should be, but anyway, we can get there. So, okay. So that, that gets us started a little bit. Um, introducing classical education is not an easy thing to do. Um, and this is, I think, mostly because classical education is not uh, summed up or contained in a particular method of education or, or one single curriculum. Okay, Despite you'll... the fact that there's going to be a lot of people who try to tell you that it is. Otherwise, right. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and you can go out and you can find a lot of, um, they'll call them complete, uh, classical ed curriculums but they're, but they're not, um, they're not complete and you cannot, uh, contain or limit classical education to, to a, what we call curriculum today. Um, Mm -hmm. that word curriculum means something else, uh, than what we use it for today. Anyway, um, rather classical education, it's, it's a philosophy. It's a way of thinking. It's an approach to living. Um, and, that is why, again, I say that, that most of us are probably more familiar with it than we know. Um, and especially as um, modern progressive education, whether it's in the public schools or in the private schools, okay, this is totally in the private schools too, um, as it develops more and becomes more radical and especially anti-Christian, but also anti-Western heritage, um, anti Western civilization, um, you're gonna, you are going to, I, I think our audience <laughs> will, will f- begin to feel even more um, familiar or cl- more, more closely attached to classical education than to modern progressive education um, because it's becoming easier and easier to look at what the progressive education is doing today and go, wow, that's scary. That's not what I had when I was growing up. And that's, that's dangerous. Um, so I, you know, I hope that that gives some level of comfort, um, or at least makes classical education feel a little more familiar to folks. Um, it certainly makes me, you know, always more and more thankful, um, that, that I have classical education communities, that I could be a part of. Um, so do you feel like, you know, you look back at your own formation, your own childhood, like, do you feel like you received that as a kid, hmm. um, as a young person? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, yeah, I I think that, um, no one does this perfectly. And my philosophy of education coming to classical education took a long time, but, um, what I did receive growing up was, um, you know, I had a mother who loves good literature, loves it, knows it pretty well, very well and love to read aloud to us. Okay. Mm. That's a number one. If you do nothing else for your children, read aloud to them, read aloud to them a lot. Uh, don't stop when they reach age eight or whatever, when they stop wanting to sit in your lap and, and read, um, <laughs> keep reading aloud to them all the way through. Um, more than anything else, it creates love for reading and, um, for great stories. So that's what my mom did for us. And my dad, who's a pastor, um, he, he, yeah, he definitely inspired a great love of learning in all three of us. Um, he, we talked theology regularly at the dinner table mm-hmm. and, and in our house at various times. Um, we spent a great deal of time, um, not just theology, but, you know, talking about languages, talking about great, great works. Um, and, you know, there were things that my, my parents weren't familiar with that I didn't get until later. Um, but so again, this goes back to kind of what Plato is saying, because it wasn't like I got everything right away and that I left the house at age 18 going, <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. I know who all these great thinkers are. Yeah. Check. Um, but I, but I did leave the house and, and I think it was very similar for both of my siblings, um, knowing that I wanted to learn more and I loved to learn. Um, and that largely came from, from my parents. So what, how about you? What was your, yeah, I think, uh, I could describe my upbringing as, as similar to that though, probably, um, especially cause your dad was a pastor. You probably had, um, just more, no, I know you had more exposure to, uh, especially theological things. Um, you know, I, the, you were saying, you know, you would talk about theology or language or things around the dinner table. It would be far more likely that we would talk about history or politics. You know, those were just things that my parents were more familiar with that was more comfortable to them. Um, and I look back at especially my early childhood education. So like grade school and then even middle school. Um, and, you know, there's so little that I remember that's probably actually super important. You know, I was taught to read, I guess, decent decent comprehension of math facts, but, but that's not like this. I I could have achieved that probably no matter what, honestly, I look back and the, the most important thing about like my formal education, I think, um, in those years was the fact that I went to a school that we, we went to mass every day and that was really meaningful. Uh, that was the first hour of every single day. And I think the grace from that has spilled over into the rest of my life abundantly. And I'm grateful for that to, to no end. Um, but then, 
you know, I look, I compare myself, however, uh, appropriately to people that I graduated from my grade school with, or people that I graduated from high school with. And it's not like the Catholic schools that I went to were just turning out the best and the brightest all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. um, nor the most virtuous by any stretch of the imagination. Um, especially, you know, getting to high school, it's like, Hey, there's a lot of people I graduated with that, that have just not made great life choices. And so then honestly, my, the main thing that I go back to the thing that, uh, helps me understand again, kind of what we were saying at the very beginning, the primary purpose of education is my parents just did a really good job of instilling in me, this is, this is what's right. And this is what's wrong. And this is how you know about it. And we're going to talk about it a lot. My parents are very good um, conversationalists, I would say, or at least that's, that's how it felt growing up. And, um, and that I think was, was maybe the biggest difference. You know, my, my parents, especially my dad, I remember having so many conversations with him about just the reasons why things were the way they were culturally, politically, historically. And I remember just asking him questions about what he remembered um, about growing up, just, and, and learning so much from that and being able to, to therefore not just have the, the, my understanding of the world simply come from my own experience, but being able to, to, to learn from someone else as someone who's older than me. Um, and so the reason that I ended up choosing Hillsdale in many ways probably wasn't the right one, right? In quotes, I had no idea what I was signing up for in terms of the uh, liberal arts education. I, I had no comprehension of what that truly meant. Hmm. Um, I wanted to go to Hillsdale because it was something that I understood was definitely going to be rigorous, that it was something that I felt like in, in my vanity, like, oh yeah, this will be challenging enough for me, (laughs) which is hilarious now thinking about, you know, how freshman year flattened me. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and honestly, again, in just like really dumb 17, 18 year old mode, I love the fact that it was 12 hours away from my parents' house, you know, like those were probably two of the biggest contributing factors in me choosing Hillsdale. I'm, I'm vastly simplifying that obviously, but, um, that was, I, I really didn't know what classical education was at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Neither did I. And then became a student of it somehow. (laughs) <laughs> oh man well, I, yeah I think Hillsdale was incredibly formational for both of us in that sense um you know yes. I I went to hilarious um you know you you mentioned that your family talked politics a lot and history so did, so did mine actually we we did that too and um uh I went to a pretty decent high school here in Fort Wayne and um there were some things about it that were definitely not decent at all but um I got, I, I had a phenomenal German uh, teacher and, um, and he also taught music. And so I, I had a great experience with choir and got to sing wonderful pieces of music that expanded my 
education there. I, I think I didn't even realize it at the time. Um, yeah. but a, a musical education is huge. Um, and then I had yeah. one really special and great history teacher at, at, at that high school. Um, and so that added to, yeah, my dad loved talking politics. My parents both listened to Rush Limbaugh a lot in the car. Um, yep. yep, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, he passed away recently. I, I uh, that's a really short side note, but I'm critical of Rush Limbaugh. I, I have been since Hillsdale actually. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. one thing that we all have to realize is that he, Rush Limbaugh pretty much single-handedly paved the way for independent sources of news. And he did a really good job at that. So um, I, you know, that's, I, I had that background of like free thinking and, um, and being interested in, in politics. I was definitely like ultra, ultra conservative. Um, and so I went to Hillsdale. So my sister went there. She's eight years older than I am. So she had gone there earlier than me, was insanely more successful at Hillsdale than I could ever dream to be. Uh, but because of that, you know, it, it looked really nice. I loved history and Hillsdale has an incredible history department, especially for the size of its school and um, has really great history profs. So that was what was drawing me that along with this weird desire or thought that I had in the back of my head that I was going to go be a lawyer slash judge. No, who knows what I, <laughs> like, I don't want, I, I have no interest in that. Uh, yeah. Isn't that, I had really similar ambitions initially. Yeah. Like I remember like trying to figure out information in my, in my first year or two at Hillsdale. I remember um, looking into things like WIP, the, their internship program in, in DC, mm-hmm. um, like looking for summer gigs in DC. Um, and that's just hilarious to me now because, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad that I didn't go that route. Second of all, I think I would have been so unhappy um, with, with pursuing that. It just doesn't this yeah. is, this is what's, yeah, I asked that question a lot because I, if, if what happened didn't happen and I'll tell you, like, we'll talk about what happened to both of us, um, to get us away from that, uh, <laughs> moving that direction. But if, if what happened didn't happen and I'd gone down that road, see, okay. In the last episode, we were talking about how college is like when you're, you're raw, right. And mm-hmm. you're not quite formed. And so you have all these different ideas. I just wonder if I would have become a different person Um, and maybe I would really would have enjoyed it. I have no idea. I tend to think that I wouldn't, (laughs) but, um, but it's, it is, it is weird to think about like what would happen going down that road. I, yeah, Yeah. I went to the WIP, um, you know, information meeting too. that. So WIP is their, um, their internship in Washington, DC. Yeah. Still internship program, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I kind of forgot about that. Um, (laughs) anyway, so, okay. So then let's talk about this. So what kind of turned your head then like away from, once you got to Hillsdale, Mm. how did this begin to shift and change? I mean, I think I would say my entire first year, I probably didn't quite get it perhaps with the exception of 
it's so hilarious because all, I think almost all of my, like, I look back and like, oh, that was a really foundational class. Almost all of them. I think I had with you, <laughs> which is so funny, but, um, my freshman year, the one, uh, the one exception to, I just didn't get it yet, uh, was probably first Dr. Jackson's English class, uh, rhetoric class. Um, but then Dr. Free, which I know I had with you. Um, and especially I'd say reading Shakespeare with Dr. Free. <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. But that's the point. I think, I don't think I would have been able to understand or begin to make that journey of like, oh, a liberal arts education is, is this is what that looks like until I had been beaten to a pulp and finally begun to understood, understand my own, like just complete lack of understanding. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I needed to, to have a serious dose of humility, I think. Um, as I think every kid that age, like that's, that's just part of being 17 or 18 years old in America. Yes. You, you've graduated from high school, you've chosen your college, you think you've got it all figured out. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses for myself. I'm sure that there were like beautiful, humble freshmen at Hillsdale in our same class who like totally had it figured out. I was not one of them. I needed to get like the, my first C or something in a class. Um, and, and just deal with it. I needed to like get a D on one of my papers and Ooh. deal with it. Um, <laughs> she's like oh, that never I'm, over, I'm like a, a few days. let's try a few okay <laughs> and you know and I wasn't even like okay I'm not saying this to be proud or brag okay I'm the youngest of three children so and and I already told you about my sister being in Hillsdale so I already came into Hillsdale being like I don't know anything um now I still was pretty confident about my writing skills, which is just a horrible. Okay, if you go to Hillsdale, yeah. oh, so was I. Yes, walk in Stop. and just know <laughs> that you don't know how to write. Okay, you yep. just don't. But, pretty much, um, unless you so, went to like oh, one of the like Highlands Latin classical or whatever. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like today, these kids that are getting into Hillsdale are like they're brilliant, you know, and they, oh my they had like full yes. classical educations, and they're they're you know ready to go the minute they walk in the door. But anyway. The professors see it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, for it was similar for me, and I got these grades, and I was my reaction wasn't so much, oh my gosh, I used to do so well in school, and now I'm getting horrible grades. My reaction was just kind of like, I have no idea what they want, and <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you know, you just keep, keep going, but, um, so to move it along just a little bit, <laughs> what happened yeah, to I me? Didn't, I didn't actually answer your question. I know Sorry. you didn't. Yeah. I know. Uh, let me, let me answer. You kind your of, yeah. You're getting there. Well, I, okay. I want to hear when the moment was, cause I'm pretty sure okay. I was there for it. Yes. The moment was definitely Dr. Schleter's philosophy class. Yeah. Like that, that is when things started to turn. And then I can, 
and we had that class together, obviously. Um, but that was the start of sophomore year. And after just getting beaten down my freshman year, I had come into that semester. I was super convinced, like I was going to do well. I was going to work my rear end off and I was going to get good grades. I was going to learn as much as I could. I was going to read everything that was assigned to me, not still failed at that. Um, but I was, I was sure going to try instead of just being like, (laughs) I'll get to that later. Um, and so like with Dr. Schleter's class, I actually sat down and I read Plato three hours, like every night, every word, taking extensive notes on it. Um, I think I did that with every book that he assigned that with Aristotle next with, um, oh gosh, I used to have that curriculum basically memorized because I worked so hard at it. Um, and that was so essential for me. Um, and then, I mean, I, after that, I can pretty pause and tell people that we took this class together and I did not do that. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) From there, um, gosh, I think I had my first Berzer class the next semester. And that was just like life-changing. What a CTH just, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was history of the American West. I want to say. Yeah, that's right. Again, add that together. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, then junior year, we start getting into my classes with Dr. Arn on, um, initially it was on Churchill. And then, um, then of course that second semester we had Arte's Liberales and that, that was like, there's no going back with Arte's, you know, Um, that's, that's a, oh, I'm going to live my life differently than I thought that I once was. Um, Absolutely. so yeah. yeah. And then, then by the time I get to my senior year, I think, I think the like crowning piece of my education at Hillsdale hilariously is probably two, actually two classes. Number one, being able to take a class on Lewis with Dr. Arn, And then, um, you took a class on Lewis. Yeah. That was the class I convinced him to teach. Did I have you not heard this? I remember that. Nope. I do. I remember that. I'm really proud of that achievement and he's continued to teach it. That's the hilarious part. What? (laughs) You have a lasting legacy at Hillsdale. That's amazing. Something like that. That's maybe that's a little arrogant of me, but I was, I was definitely take what you can get. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely one of the main proponents of like, Dr. Arndt, you should continue to teach this great group. And we should figure out a way to do it. Oh, that's a story for another time. Um, so yeah, the class with Dr. Arn on Lewis. And then that was the same semester as an entire class on the Divine Comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Who'd you have? Who'd you have that with? Dr. Smith. Smith. Oh All right. God. So we've done a deep dive. People are like, we have no idea who these people are. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. But it's is, so enjoyable for us. It is enjoyable. <laughs> It is. And, and it's really good because, you know, people hear about Hillsdale and they want to know more about it. So, you know, all of these profs aren't even there anymore, but most of them are. Um, okay. So really quickly, uh, I had a similar experience, but, but also it was different, um, <laughs> obviously. So, um, yeah, I had some of those same names, um, pretty foundational for me was so freshman year was just tough for me I did not have Jackson for that initial rhetoric class and what people need to understand is that 
Dr. Jackson is incredibly difficult. He's a Greek Orthodox prof, big beard, and um, <laughs> he's brilliant, but he's very, very difficult. And he grades your writing um, withering brutally. Yeah. Yes. Oh um, but I didn't have him. I had someone else and uh, a completely different experience. Um, so it took, it actually took me a lot longer to learn to read great literature the way that a lot of my classmates learned right off the bat. And that was simply because of that class. Um, but I was taking great history profs at the time. And uh, I also had this great advisor and um, who I came to love very, 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 very much. Um, but my first year was, you know, the heritage classes, which are very famous for Hillsdale, Western heritage, American heritage. Um, those are great. Those are formational. So things, things were happening freshman year, but it really wasn't until my sophomore year, um, that I was kind of confronted with, uh, some big, some big changes, um, in my mindset. And what happened was I was on a scholarship, which a lot of Hillsdale students are, and I was worried about my GPA because like I said, uh, I, yes. I was doing fine, but I wasn't doing great. Um, yeah. And so I went to my advisor sophomore year, first semester, and, uh, and I just wanted some advice. It was kind of like, I want to take all these difficult classes, but I'm a little bit worried because I need to keep my GPA at a certain point. And he basically brutally did not respond kindly. <laughs> no, he was kind, but he was definitely harsh. Uh, his, his response was basically like, if grades are all that matter to you, go do whatever you want. Mm. If you actually want to yeah. learn something and get something out of Hillsdale, just don't even worry about your grades. Work hard, but take, take the difficult classes. And it's not uh, your highest priority, getting the A. It's not your highest priority. Right, right. Yeah. Um, not that it was my highest priority for my own sake, but rather, you know, again, it was more of a practical thing. Yeah. Um, so I left his office pretty shook up by that and mm. not really sure what to do. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of my journey, um, mm. of, of, uh, that in that conversation, I also talked to him about wanting to be a political science major. Whew. Um, <laughs> And again, that was kind of, yeah, not responded too well. Um, and I realized there's possibly more to life than wanting to change, I don't know, some small element of, of politics in America. Yeah. Um, now, there are a lot of great people coming out of Hillsdale who work in politics and I'm very thankful for them. So I don't want that to go the wrong way or be taken the wrong way, but I was not that person. Yeah. Um, Can so I skip forward like five years, not even four years and tell a small story that actually illustrates that really, mm -hmm. really. Well. So post Hillsdale went out to Arizona, taught at um, the great heart schools out there just a group of charter schools in the phoenix area that's where they started now they're in texas too um but there was this fairly wealthy couple in the area that are huge hillsdale donors and um somehow they got a list of 
the names of, of Hillsdale alumni that were working at the, the school that I was working at. And so they invited us over for like tea or something like that. Um, <laughs> and they were very kind to people. And it was me and it was like three or four other um, folks. Who, and I can only, hilariously, I can only remember for sure about two of them, despite the fact that like, I, yeah, it's, that's not terribly important. Anyway, at this occasion, they kept pressing us. They're like, but why are you teaching? Why don't you pack up and go to DC? That's how we're going to make change in this country. And we just kept coming back of like, we don't disagree with that. Like there definitely needs to be good virtuous people in the political sphere of American life. But if there's not anyone working at the foundation of things, at the root of things, at the upbringing of children and the ethical and virtuous formation of them, like it's all for naught. Like this change does not happen. Cultural um, change doesn't happen from the top down. It happens from the bottom up. And like, we tried and we tried to like, just converse with this and, you know, very politely, obviously we're not going to super challenge these people in their like multi-million dollar mansion as they like service tea on, on fine China. Um, but tried and tried to explain that, like that this welling from the foundations is just as, if not more important than anything going on in DC. Um, and they just couldn't get it. Like they just could not wrap their brains around it. Um, and I think that is, is a huge, a huge piece of, of how classical education can actually change your heart and your mind as, as a student of, beautiful things you begin to understand that like change doesn't start out there from the top down change has to start with me right and and from within my own um well and I and I think within the last five years we're we're starting to see that more and more and I think that's that again what I said at the beginning I think it's going to be easier and easier to see the difference and to under start to understand that that this is this has to be more of a cultural thing yeah. Uh, based on what, what people believe, but yeah. So, um, to wrap this up because, you know, this is part one and, and we have a lot more to, to say. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I took a, a philosophy of history class. I took the Arte's class. I took a lot, uh, professor Siegel, my advisor was kind of the beginning of introducing me to, great ancient minds. Um, again, I, you know, I said with my parents, I didn't necessarily start reading all of those and, and know all of those, but, um, that was the beginning of that. And, um, and the biggest thing was, was I had this shift in philosophical thought in my mind about what I was doing, um, mm -hmm. as a student and what my purpose was as a student, yeah. um, and what I wanted to get out of my education. And the biggest thing <laughs> for my story, I think the biggest thing was I went from going, oh, by the way, I didn't lose my scholarships. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was fine. Oh, yeah. You're all waiting for that. Right. Um, but I went from thinking like, 
okay, what am I going to do with this Hillsdale education? What job am I going to go out and get? I'm going to go be a lawyer or a judge or something like that. I went from that mindset of, of what is the practical result of this education mm-hmm. to how is this education going to um, change me as a person yeah. and form me as a person? And so that idea, I think for both of us um, from early on, um, you know, that, that was pretty key. Whenever that started to enter our, our minds, um, just that this is something that is formational and it has to do with who we are as, as human beings. And that's, that can be a really hard thing to explain to people without the whole big picture. Um, so I, I think that's helpful to kind of explain where we're coming from. Um, yeah. I think it's really difficult to explain, especially with a Hillsdale education where it's costing however many thousands of dollars a year. Like I, I distinctly remember having conversation with my parents between like I was home for the summer between my junior and senior year and at that point like you know my major and my minor were pretty much set I was was majoring in history and they like took me out to lunch one day and were like what are you going to do with a history major (laughs) are you serious right now that we're spending however many dollars on this every year we love you what are you doing? How are you going to get a job? And I, like my 20, 21 year old self was like, but this is what education is supposed to be all about. I'm supposed to learn about things that, that I love (laughs) Um, and learn to love them and blah, blah, blah. And they just weren't having it. And they were, um, I don't know if they were really upset. I looking back, I can't really tell, but they were definitely, they definitely didn't understand. Um, and I, I mean, I remember having a similar conversation with, uh, with an uncle of mine in which like every time I saw him, he would be like, so what are you doing to make sure you get a job? You know, um, like that, that kind of thing. Uh, and just like, very obviously like these people loved me they were not at all being um being mean or bullying me or anything like that and I never perceived it as such as such um it was simply that from their understanding of you go to college in order to achieve this degree that therefore you can transfer transfer into this job you need to get a job yes (laughs) that that like my mind had changed about that, um, had been changed probably somewhere between sophomore and junior year of like, that's not what an education is for. This is about the formation of my soul. Um, and that's a, that's a, it's a big question. It's a really legitimate question. Um, and I, I do think that there's a good answer for it. I am less idealistic than I used to be. I'm more practical. I understand parents' concern about this. Um, but yeah, you got to pay the bill somehow, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest thing to realize is that you get this kind of education, you're really well educated, which means you're, yeah. you're ready to go and do what, what you want to do. I mean, you, you can get hired for sure. Um, is that, that's, Oh yeah. No, no, you definitely can't like that. People are looking for 
you might, you might have to compromise a little bit and, and take a job at first yeah. that you weren't interested in. Um, but people are looking for, you know, educated young people who can read and write and think. And, and that's what this education does if we're talking practically. So, but we'll get more into that. So let's stop there unless, did I catch you? You know, are you, no. you have more no. thoughts? Okay. So okay. I have so many more thoughts. I know. I, right. We both know we could talk about this for hours and hours. And we're going to, we're, this is just the beginning. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So great. You know, I have to leave you with a quote because that's what I do. Um, since today we talked about this difficult beginning at Hillsdale for both of us, I'm going to give you the quote from, uh, Hesiod. Hesiod was an ancient Greek poet. Okay. Ancient Greek poet. He lived around the time of Homer. Homer wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. Okay. Uh, so this is probably like the eighth century BC, big history, uh, lesson for you right now. Uh, Hesiod was very influential to the Greek mind. And so he has this quote about excellence before the gates of excellence, the high gods have placed sweat long Hmm. is the road thereto, and steep and rough at the first, but when the height is won, then is there ease though grievously hard in the winning. Mm. This is education, okay? At first, terribly hard, but we are seeking excellence. And you wanna talk about a major theme at Hillsdale, pursuit of excellence is a major theme. So- I mean, the motto. You remember the motto? Of course. (laughs) Virtue rejoices in the challenge, right? That's right, that's right. So, okay, that's a great place to stop. And, um, you know, so far, we've basically just talked about our our own history, but we'll get into um, a little bit more of of the philosophical side next time. So, Hmm. that was great talking to you, Kate. I love, gosh, oh, memory lane. Memory lane, it's great. Delightful. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Well, take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, till next time. Okay, bye.